This week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts of Beer, we're discussing the RoboCop 2 IMDb Trivia page. Hello and welcome to another edition mini of Hello! Stick and move, stick and move. And welcome to a piss poor start to a mini <laughs> of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And this week, hot off the heels of last week's full episode where we discussed Robocop 2, uh, the uh, the sequel that puts the Bow in Robo? I don't know. I got nothing. It's just bad. It's a bad, bad sequel. Here's the thing that really annoys me about it, though, is that his partner calls him Robo for short. Yeah. Which really pisses me off. It's like, I like the Mandalorian, but I hate that they call him Mando as a nickname. Sure. Mando. It's just dumb. Nah. I just don't like it. I don't mind it. It's fine. They seem to call all Mandalorians a Mando. That doesn't make it better. Yeah. Whatever. I, I know want. that only one can come up at a time, so it's fine, but I don't know. Ooh, do they have a swing band called Manny and the Mandos? They should. Right? <laughs> but, it, but it's Star Wars, so it'd be a jizz band. <laughs> That's no, right. it'd be a swizz band. Uh, whatever. Yeah. So anyways, we did Robo. We watched RoboCop 2 last week, so this week, because we couldn't think of anything better, we're going through the IMDB trivia page for RoboCop 2. You guys ready for this? I'm excited. All right. This movie definitely has to have had some like garbage tales. Oh, it has. Uh, so here's the first one. Uh, the scene in which RoboCop opens fire around the head of someone who was smoking, yeah. after which he says, thank you for not smoking, was actually licensed and run as a PSA ahead of several different films in many non-smoking movie theaters during the summer of that movie season that year. <laughs> right. uh, first, like, when, like when Batman orders the Coca-Cola from Alfred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, when uh, Ant-Man steals that Coke from the Hulk. <laughs> There's a lot of Coca-Cola. Weird. Yeah, but I do think it's hilarious that at, at one point, A, there was a distinction between smoking and non-smoking theaters. Yeah. And oh, yeah. B, in the non-smoking theaters, the commercial they chose to run was a scene from RoboCop 2 where he opens fire at a civilian. Well, because here's how I'll bet 99% of uh, the interaction between an usher and a smoking customer in a non-smoking theater went down. Excuse me, sir, you can't smoke in here. Oh, uh, you gonna stop me? Teenager? I don't fucking think so. You're not my dad. Fuck off. Cigarette, I scream. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll bet they were just like, fucking, we need Robocop in here. Now, John, I'm going to point out that this was 1990, so I think the interaction probably would have been something more like, excuse me, sir, I'm going to need you to put that cigarette out. I thought this was America! <laughs> I thought we could be free here! <laughs> What's next? I need a license to drive my car. Did we win the Cold War or didn't we? Cigarette, I scream. It's going to take us to our next little bit of trivia. Some of Robocop's new directives after the uh, the focus group gets a hold of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a few of them here. Uh, Directive 233, restrain hostile feelings. Uh, Directive 235, suppress aggressiveness. 238, avoid destructive behavior. 239, be accessible. 
240. Participate in group activities. Like, uh, I know that these are all real good, like, RoboCop goofs, but they also sound like all the feedback a female employee gets at an annual review. I was speaking of which, <laughs> that this sounds a lot like the consent decree that the CPD's about to have to go <laughs> under. Well, speaking of which, Directive 245, if you haven't got anything nice to say, don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 247, don't run through puddles and splash pedestrians or other cars. <laughs> What I like is that run through makes it sound like he's doing a jog. Right. He's stomping his big metal feet. <laughs> the 260. Oh, I bet he runs like a toddler, though. Oh, just God. like slamming the soles of his plunk, feet. Plunk, plunk, plunk. Uh, I wish we still ran like that. Like, I wish we could grow up and, like, we never learn. Like, like, something happens where, like, your muscles grow and you get proper running form. But no, I want the toddler stomp forever. Yeah. So you want to continue as an adult. Yes. Continue running solely on the balls of your feet. Correct. Oh, man. Knees bowed out like you have the rickets. Yes. Swaying arms, dangerously. Yeah, right. Arms 45 degrees up in the air. Correct. Uh, leading with your head. And if you go too fast, the size of her head will make you fall forward. <laughs> Correct. Right. Cool. Just making sure. Also, but... make sure that you run like a bat, screaming to get the sonar feedback from the obstacles that might come. What you guys aren't understanding is I want everyone to run like that. <laughs> sure, sure. Just streets full of us. Because every time I see someone... I'm, a, I'm envisioning like a warrior scenario. <laughs> Where, like, the leader of all the gang says, from here on out, this is how we walk. Because I'm tired of going to the grocery store to get toilet paper at any time, day or night, and seeing some fit fucking jogger passing me on the left, looking really like they know what they're doing, and they're having a great time, and they're in shape. <laughs> Run like a goddamn toddler! <laughs> it's probably better exercise. Yeah, you get some arm motions in there, buddy. Yeah. Put some walking weights on your wrists. <laughs> uh, directive, uh, directive 266. Smile. Yeah, sure. More. Uh, he doesn't do that, though. Yeah. He never directive does. 273. Avoid stereotyping. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, ba Moving down here. Although the producers loved Frank Miller's original version of the script, <laughs> they quickly realized it was unfilmable as written. <laughs> the final screen version was heavily rewritten and bears only a superficial resemblance to Miller's story. What was Miller's story? Just like hard cocks all over the place? <laughs> Here's the thing. You can read his original screenplay. He turned it into a comic book. It's called fucking... Frank Miller's RoboCop. All yeah, right. it's fucking terrible. It's trash. It's it? no good. Yikes. Uh, the lunchbox gun that the little 12-year-old drug dealer boy uses, yeah. it was not created for the film. It's an actual firearm nice. called the Deb M21. Uh, it was ah. originally designed by Utah Connor as the UC9. What? Wait, what's it called, though? The Deb M21. So I could call it, in theory, Little Debbie. My Little Debbie. You That's good. it. Yep. That's it. My Little Debbie. My little Debbie. Uh, here's a, here's a good one. While displaying RoboCop's new directives at the police station, the cable plugged into his head is actually a water supply coupling for a toilet. <laughs> 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 good looking cable. 
Take that, noted character actor Peter Weller. You got <laughs> toilet parts on your face now, buddy. Uh, here's something interesting. The special effects were generated with a Commodore Amiga computer. <laughs> yeah, that shows. And even at that time, what was this, 1990? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Amiga was out of date at this point. We had blast processing now, baby. Uh, so after the success of RoboCop, Paul Verhoeven and the original screenwriters were immediately approached by the studio for a possible sequel. According to Verhoeven, he didn't want to make the kind of sequel that the studio had in mind. He felt going forward so quickly with their ideas, uh, it would make it feel like he was attempting to cash in. Newmeyer and Meyer, the writers, had already presented a very rough draft outline called RoboCop. Corporate Wars. Oh, boy. In this draft, RoboCop was to be shot and pulverized to metallic dust by a cannon in the very beginning. He would be, res- he would be resurrected 25 years later in an even more dystopian future where he becomes a pawn in the struggle between an all-powerful corporation, the government, and an impoverished population. At one point... RoboCop would have a love interest in the form of a neurobrain. Nice. <laughs> the studio liked the idea, but gave the writers a hard deadline that they could not meet, so they just didn't. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I'm going to love this idea for a solid 20 minutes. You're going to screenplay yeah. out here for me. We'll make it. But there, there is not enough cough syrup in the world to get <laughs> William Gibson to write that screenplay. <laughs> mm. uh, let's see here. Um, beep, 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 I guess beep, when beep. cough syrup was a recreational drug. Nah. Yeah, those kids were lame. They yeah. were real lame. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they, were they were always the dirtiest of dirtbags. <laughs> uh, the point of view shots from RoboCop show an interface based on MS-DOS. But Kane, RoboCop 2, has the Apple interface OS.interface with a skull instead of the Apple logo. (laughs) Oh shit. Well, it was 1990. At that point, Apple was... It was done, basically. Yeah. 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 It wasn't until they came back with the Newton that everything was saved. Hell yeah. (laughs) What if a Palm Pilot just fucking didn't work? (laughs) <laughs> great buy me 12 uh, I love it Frank Miller showed up on the set every day during filming even though he was not required to <laughs> that is also unsurprising <sighs> uh, let's see here where's Frank Miller from uh, Connecticut I think yeah that makes sense oh here we go Michael Medeiros who played Catzo, who's the Elvis-looking guy in the gang? We didn't even oh, talk about that guy. Shit. There's a guy. There's a guy in like the evil like nuke gang that looks like he's got the bolo tie. Yeah, he looks like Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, yeah. and like deep sideburns. Uh, he recalls Irvin Kershner literally ripping pages from the script every morning, calling it awful, while screenwriter Frank Miller would look on mournfully. <laughs> <laughs> so every day they get the set, and Irvin Kirshner, director of Empire Strikes Back, would pick up the script and go, all right, what are we shooting today? What is this horse shit? Nah, I'm not doing this. Rip, tear. You see that, Frankie? Look at me when I'm ripping up your pages. Look at me, Frankie. Rip. 
<laughs> All right, now we're going to go shoot a commercial where a guy gets electrocuted to death for a car. Okay, we did it. <laughs> this I mean, is my last movie. I'm Irvin Gerstner. Here's the thing. He's not wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. true. It's absolutely true. Like, I, I feel like the the filming environment of RoboCop 2 is much like the environment in America right now, where just nobody is happy. <laughs> nobody gets to be happy. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, boop, beep, boo. You're going to have to edit this mini, yeah, so there's... there's a lot of dead silence. Nah, nah you nah. guys can keep talking. Not a lot of joy to vive in the movie. Ah, uh, it's Jus de Val. Is it? I don't know. Nah. Fuck France. Right? I refuse bullshit. to learn their weird speak. What if we talked entirely out of our nasal passages? Oh. Yeah, that's what they sound Fuck like. Fuck you, you're just shitty New York and New York already sucks. Get out of here, France. <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. Uh. There's a better Eiffel Tower in Tokyo. Oh, I'm being shown a thing. Is it a better Eiffel Tower in Tokyo? Yeah, it's a uh, Tokyo Tower. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. Boo. Boo. Yeah. La chien go. La chien non go. And oof. Is the chien not your uncle? <laughs> no, it does not run. Oh. <laughs> oh, it doesn't run. The chien is a dog, although you are a dog is something they teach you to say in Duolingo. This is solid podcasting. Yeah. Having an entirely irrelevant conversation with Mark's wife I that I'm, I'm sure is not getting picked up on mic. Yeah. That's I'm, fine. I'm getting cut out of this, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we're all getting cut out of it. Nah. <laughs> uh, the last thing that really seemed interesting <laughs> was uh, the brain extraction scene was director Ivan or Irvin Kirshner's favorite part of filming, which doesn't surprise me. It's the only real cool part of the movie. Yeah, it's true. Besides yeah. the uh, the kill the RoboCops who try to kill themselves. Boy, if you ever have an opportunity, uh, I say opportunity like it's difficult. Listen to The Empire Strikes Back with the director commentary, the second commentary they did for the Blu-ray, where they have Irvin Kirshner doing commentary on it. And he's got the Arnold Schwarzenegger syndrome where he just describes what's happening on screen. <laughs> oh, and here's Han and Leia and they're about to have a smooch, but oh no, it's C-3PO. He's ruining the mood. Oh, well, that's C-3PO for you. Like he had no control <laughs> over what happened. Just up there saying words. 3PO's gonna 3PO. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Now sit here while I rip up your script, Georgie. <laughs> Look at me when I rip up your script. I mean, it's fine. I, I famously admit that I'm not very good at dialogue. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Larry's script. You, you can do that. It's me, Lawrence Kasdan. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to show respect to my script. Rip. No. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to film the scene where Han Solo gets put into the goo and turned into a rock. But before he <laughs> but before he, he says that he's going to say a thing, what should he say, Larry? What should he say to Princess Leia after she says, I love you? I think he should say, Fuck I love you, Larry Harrison. What are you going to say? <laughs> In your face, Larry. I made the actor write your lines for you. You didn't do shit. I'm taking your credits off this movie. I'm Irvin Kirshner. I taught at USC, and I'll direct RoboCop 2 someday. <laughs> you may be high and mighty now, Kirshner, but I'm going to write Dreamcatcher. <laughs> uh, 
I believe he directed Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Legendary screenwriter William Goldman wrote Dreamcatcher. Oh, Here's boy. the thing. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan definitely wrote some pretty decent scripts. But he... I, I don't know if he's like a particularly good screenwriter. Like he's a very good hired gun. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Come but in like, and, like all the stuff that over. we that like like J.J. Abrams like demanding that we get Lawrence Kasdan back to write the new Star Wars. I don't know. Seems kind of unnecessary, dude. Like I don't know what he's really like bringing to the table. And uh, the Has Han Solo solo movie. Fucking sucked. Yeah, but that wasn't that his son. That was him and his son co-writing. Oh, gotcha. Co-writing is what he named his son. Co-writing Kasdan. Yes, it's terrible. I'm gonna give you a name that's gonna take you places in this business. Well, let's see. Look, look, Lord Kasdan. I mean, he wrote. So he wrote Empire Strikes Back. Right. Yeah, legitimately good movie. Sure, sure. But he had inherited the writing from uh, Leah Beckett, who had died in a car accident. Sure. After writing like the fourth or fifth, like, outline with dialogue. So, sure. Like, he didn't, like... What I'm saying is, like, yeah, if you tell him the idea you want him to write, I think he is a very good at executing on that. But I don't know what he, like, brings in that is distinctively him to All a right, project. Well, let's, so then he writes Raiders of the Lost Ark. Again, yeah. heavily from a story by George Lucas. George, do you think the girl he sleeps with should be 14 or 16 when he sleeps with her? Jesus. What would be a better age? I don't know. Probably, you know, he's probably unlikable if it's 14, so 16 it is. You got it, George! Uh, then he writes. Uh, he writes it's turning more and more into Fran Drescher. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, he writes Body Heat, a legit good movie. Body Heat. Yeah, with uh, 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 William Hurt and Kathleen Turner. Nah. It's like a sort of like modern film like noir thriller. type okay. movie. Yeah, okay. solid flick. He writes Continental Divide, a real bad uh-huh. movie. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Uh, Return of the Jedi. He writes The Big Chill, solid movie. Okay, it's all right. I mean, it's. It's well liked by a lot of people. <laughs> Silverado, legit, very good movie. Uh, Accidental Tourist, not bad. Uh, Grand Canyon, eh. The Bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> he writes Wyatt Earp, the uh, oh god, the, the Kevin Costner one. Yeah, the anti Tombstone. Ooh man, that's a rough watch. <laughs> uh, but then he Ooh. writes, but then he writes Mumford, and oh, then uh, wow, co-writes Dreamcatcher with William Goldman. Yikes. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I feel that his work has been overrated. I feel like he's maybe a little too like enshrined at this point. I think he wrote some really good scripts so in he, the '80s. Yeah, and I think he, again, I think he's a great gun for hire. You know what I mean? But see, like, but I would, I would, I, I disagree. I think Body Heat, Big Chill, and Silverado are all like very good screenplays that he wrote on his own. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What have you done for me lately, Larry? He wrote Solo with his son. <laughs> it was like literally a year and a half ago. And what a great movie that was. Hey, it's perfectly fine if you cut like 80% of it out and make it a short film. If you give the Han Solo character a character arc, yeah, it would have been pretty good. Actually, I would have preferred if they just took the character arc away and just let him be shitty Han Solo through the movie. Yeah, so that he could have the character arc he was going to have later. Yeah. Instead of having just the worst of both ideas. Yeah. yeah. 
Or just make a Lando movie. Yeah, or just don't do a Han Solo movie in the year of our Lord 2017. <laughs> Lando. That's what I want. Ooh, Lando and the Mando. They have to share an apartment, but it's women only, so they gotta dress like ladies. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Nice. I like that. Mando, and then we'll Lando, get, bosom buddies. And then for, like, the theme song, we'll get, like, the Max Rebo band song, but... We'll get, we'll get a shitty cover version of it because we don't want to pay for that version of it. Yeah. Like they did for, for, for Bosom Buddies where they got Billy Joel's My Life. But yes. they were like, I'm not paying for that. Get me this Billy Joel sound-alike in his Casio to make me a version yeah, of it. Get me his non-union Mexican equivalent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Billy Joel. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to do it for this many stars. <laughs> yeah, that was perfectly good. We've eaten up a fair amount of time. <laughs> I remember like 30% of that is getting cut out because it's just dead silent. Nah, you leave it in there. Yeah, you know, for suspense. It's because I'm going to forget to go back to it. Fair. Ooh, somebody set him an alarm. I'm fr- <laughs> From the future. Yeah, yeah, I'll just forget to check that alarm, Patrick. What are you Damn talking it. about? All right. Yeah. That's I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And we'll see you next time. So long, idiots. Are we on Good Eats? Are we going to see us next time on Good Eats? Ooh, that'd be great. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh, what's your favorite kitchen hack from Good Eats? I like the peppermint gun. Oh, I definitely still watch the dino cam right before I cut up a whole chicken. Oh, nice. Gotta get that dino cam. Probably, yeah. probably going to go cardboard smoker. That's a good one. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. Bye! Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bramley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, I don't know, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.